Good day from Tractor Time, uh, our podcast at Acres USA. I'm sitting here with Susan Sink with the American Farmland Trust. Uh, they're based out of Washington, D.C. They protect ranch land. They work with farmers. They help farmers investigate all types of solutions, and they really uh, uh, collaborate with many facets inside the world of agriculture, uh, both conventional and organic. Uh, we're here to have a good discussion about all things agriculture today. So, uh, Susan, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, Ryan. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, uh, it's our pleasure, certainly. Um, I guess to start, could you introduce us to American Farmland Trust and tell us what you guys do and what your sure. day looks like and all that kind of stuff? Sure, I'd love to, but I, let me tell you, let me compliment you first because you really gave a lot of the information on our purpose in the earlier uh, few moments of this interview. But um, I'll just expand sure. on what you said. American Farmland Trust uh, is really the only nonprofit uh, in the nation that focuses on saving farmland and helping family farmers. And we do this by a number of different ways. Uh, as far as saving farmland is concerned, our prime uh, purpose is that we work nationally in many different states uh, to with planning departments, with economic development par uh, departments, uh, locally and statewide to emphasize the importance of agriculture, the role of farming and farmers and farmland has in this nation, which agriculture is part of America's heritage, as, as you know, and uh, really the threat that it brings by paving over farmland, uh, which really, which supplies our food supply. So we're saving land for food, we're saving land for energy, we're saving land for feed for cattle, uh, and all other animals. We're saving land for rural landscape. Uh, many people grew up on farms or not uh, right now active in farming, but they really appreciate the farming landscapes, the hills. I know here in Texas it's mainly flat country, <laughs> but in Virginia where I'm from, we have wonderful rolling hills. And uh, really just the future for um, um, the, the future and its purpose for agriculture here in the nation and how uh, it can serve the world as well in food supply and safe water uh, because agriculture also, farming and farmland also have an effect on water quality and we are working hand in glove uh, across the nation with uh, conservation specialists on what we can do to teach, to educate, to communicate with farmers, active conventional farmers and organic farmers, uh, ways that they can save money from in their wallet and at the same time uh, protect water supplies and actually affect climate change in the nation. And so that's one thing, protecting the <laughs> land. The second thing is to help family farmers. Um, and this is equally as important in my view. Uh, I think that as a farmer myself in the state of Virginia, uh, there's a struggle. There is one thing that really is uh, uh, problematic across the nation, no matter what state that you're in, and that's Mother Nature. Mm -hmm. uh, it is the weather, mm -hmm. and we're seeing today flooding. We're seeing today drought, mm -hmm. the two extreme polar opposites that affect uh, farming conditions, which affect our food supply. We 
we've certainly seen that in Texas. Yeah, yeah you're exactly right. Yeah. I mean, we went from a extreme drought for six, seven years, uh, where farmers were, especially cattle ranchers, were really struggling. Uh, to now, rivers are flooding, and and uh, it's the it's the opposite problem of water management uh, mm-hmm. that they're they're working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm asking you to generalize a little bit, so feel free to tell me this is a bad question, but if you know, as you, you talk to a lot of farmers every year, mm-hmm. is there is there one problem that you see more than than others when 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 you're talking to them and you're helping them solve those problems? You know, what is that? Mm. Is there one that you know? Out? I, I will say this: uh, agriculture varies so tremendously between the West Coast, the center of America, and the East Coast. So there's water availability on the West Coast mm-hmm. and in the South. Uh, there is next generation of farming in the in the middle section of America because farmers and ranchers are wanting to retire or sell out. Many of them don't have children who are interested, and so we're trying to advise them on what to do. We're trying to match new beginning farmers with farmers who are wanting to retire. Then on the East Coast, there's a lot of policy difficulties with gobbling up land in New England and the state of New York and, and many, many many urban areas across the nation where uh, land is just taken for development uh, with really no thought, not a lot of thinking of how this is really going to affect uh, the, the future population. So we're working with planners to say, let's not take the most productive land that has the best soil. Let's look at expansion efforts where uh, there is a availability around an urban area where the, the land and the soil is not that prosperous. That seems to be uh, what we have been able to sell to most of planters uh, with this dilemma. That makes sense. You're, you're based in Virginia, which has some of the most fertile land in the world, or at mm-hmm. least uh, uh, that's what we hear from, from farmers there. Is that's, yeah. that's a unique uh, area. Um, what? Are you, are you finding farmers are, are um, open to working with cities and government on those kind of things, or is there, a, is there an animosity there that you have to overcome? Again, I think it is uh, depending on the area. For the most part, there, there are great working relationships. Farmers know that uh, they need to be sitting at the table, at mm-hmm. the planning tables. And more so now than 10 years ago, they realize this. Uh, it's it's like uh, 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 farmers protect other farmers. Yeah. Uh, you know, farmers are looking out for other farmers, no matter what industry, whether it's uh, dairy, whether it's cropping, whether it's specialty crops, all of that. So we realize that um, America it has the burden of increasing production for food in the next 10 to 20 years to be able to feed not only our nation but the world. And the world is looking to America, I think, too, to help solve that problem. So yes, I think for the most part, they're great working relationships. And uh, you know, together we're building momentum so that it's going from one urban area, it's drawing from one urban area to others. And we're showing models from one city to another city of how this has worked, say in Lexington, Kentucky, and how it's worked uh, in Greenwich, Connecticut, and how it's working in the San Joaquin Valley of California and showing many other urban areas, yes, this is something you should think about. We have models of success. Because, you know, I, I grew up in Iowa, and uh, I go back there and I see, and I talk to farmers there, and, and a lot of them 
sell to a city as kind of a last resort. They're tired mm -hmm. and they, they've perhaps exhausted the resources on their land and, and they, they're really not willing to change how they farm. And mm -hmm. so it becomes, a, when the developer knocks on their door every year for mm -hmm. five or six years, eventually that last year when they, especially as they get to retirement age and perhaps their, their kids aren't interested in farming and mm -hmm. they really see it as, it's really the only option to mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. uh, is that a common story? And it, you know, I hear it. Absolutely, I do. Um, and so at American Farmland Trust, we have actually uh, created a FarmLink program uh, that incorporates a great number of organizations, including land-grant universities, mm -hmm. including land trusts, including other conservation uh, organizations and agencies to come together to try and put brain power behind that particular problem. We created software uh, specifically in uh, New York, the state of New York, and it's, it's expanding across the nation now, linking uh, individuals that are beginning or new or wanting to expand with already, uh, with farms that are already uh, mature, uh, where farmers are wanting to um, uh, retire. And, you know, in that, looking at Center of America, where so many, there, there are such large farms and ranches of thousands and thousands of acres, we're also sharing, uh, you know, opportunities for different ways that a large few thousand acre ranch can still uh, serve the new beginning population with uh, their interest. Right. So it's a matter of just, you know, communication, education, and the tools, the software tools, and the advisors and counselors. How much is, and I talked to a recent graduate of UC Davis out in mm, California, mm -hmm. and, and she was saying the other day that she's an agriculture major, and she, um, you know, she, she brought up an interesting point, which said when she tells people she's a, a, an agriculture major, she doesn't always get a good reaction, especially out of her mm. former students. That, and she, I think she was afraid that there was no cool factor in it yet. Mm. So, mm -hmm. so how much of that is, is a marketing problem? Oh, you know? it, it is a marketing problem. But I will tell you that this marketing of agriculture has changed exponentially from what it used to be. Yeah. Uh, 25 years ago, when I told people that I was married to a farmer, we owned a farm, it was like, oh my gosh, you're, you know, it's similar to, you know, the, the worst occupation in the world. <laughs> right. uh, and so today, when I go out and say, I have a farm, it's like, that is the conversation starter. That's great. People are very seriously interested and very, uh, you know, and wanting to learn more about uh, everything that we do at Sinklin Farms. And I see that yeah. uh, around the country in many of my visits. I think um, also land-grant universities are sharing that their agriculture major numbers have never been better. Uh, it's a mix between women and men. Many, many women are very interested in that. And there's also this, I think, um, in, intangible idea that it's your own business. Mm -hmm. it, you, you know, this is your own business. Right. And you can manage it yourself. Uh, there's a liberty to that. It, yeah. There is a liberty to that. You're exactly right. Yeah, that makes... Um, I'm just take a quick break and remind our, our, our listeners they're listening to Tractor Time podcast and we're with uh, Susan Sink with the American Farmland Trust and we're lucky to have her today. Uh, you just mentioned something or, or hinted at it and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording um, about encouraging all people 
to, to farm. Not, and you know the, the stereotype for uh, fair or not for, for many years was it was uh, a male about six feet tall with overalls on um, mm-hmm. out in the field. Mm-hmm. And we all know, and my grandmother was a farmer and, and God bless her, um, she was a chicken farmer. And she and my grandparents were, but you know, when she told people she was a, a farmer, they, they always assumed it was in a, in a, a minority. Pitchfork yeah. at a show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she was an actual expert scientist, yeah. uh, egg examiner, candler, and you know, yeah. professionally trained and go around the state of Kansas educating yeah. people. And, uh, um, and you know, and that was 60 years ago. Yeah. And so uh, it's amazing that that stereotype is still carried through the, the generation a little bit, but are you, are you seeing that change and kind of what are you guys doing? What well, do you see well I do see it change because again, I am traveling uh, across uh, state to state, uh, meeting farmers, uh, sharing what we're doing, the vision of AFT and, and finding out what they're, what the issues are in that particular locality for the most part. So I can take it back to AFT and we can continually look and and regroup and think about other ways that we can assist. So, uh, you know, I have been to farms where there is the greatest, highest technology. It's unbelievable. Robotic. uh, Robotics are uh, something that's now uh, fairly commonplace in many, many of the types of agricultural industry. computer programs, uh, software programs that are out there now that uh, take information on cattle to establish feed rations. It is highly, highly technical. Uh, You know, it's now no longer the bib overalls, it's the laptop Mm -hmm. out in the field. And there are, there uh, even um, equipment dealers like John Deere, like, New Holland Ford, like uh, Caterpillar, they are creating uh, best class, best in uh, class types of equipment today that can help with uh, seeing soil types and uh, thinking about climate conditions to advise the farmer uh, right there in, in the big, huge tractor or combine. Well, now, yeah, that's, that's kind of getting our bread and butter, which is really understanding the, the ecology. Mm-hmm. that they're getting behind mm-hmm. which uh, mm-hmm. instead of just doing the same thing every year mm-hmm. uh, really understanding what your soil needs mm-hmm. and what your mm-hmm. uh, what what last year's crop should tell you going into right, this right, year's right, crops right. Are, are you are you finding farmers especially maybe conventional farmers who've been doing it for years are, are they open to those kind of conversations yes in fact when we go out in the field and with uh, with our program directors and our scientists and advisors we tell them that we're not only interested in protecting land by the acre but soil by the inch and the soil the health of the soil is directly related to production as as you know and so therefore we want to make sure that these best practices are utilized year after year uh, and improvements that are coming out in technology and, and scientific study and research are being communicated effectively uh, to farmers uh, in the fields Great. And, and if have you had any farmers who wanted to, you know, fundamentally change their practice to, to be more? Yeah, I mean, I, I see this a lot too. Uh, I think farmers are, are, many farmers are hungry to hear about other ideas, to hear about other models of success, to hear about other uh, opportunities, to see other practices. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a matter of spreading the word. Right. 
And when you mentioned that we're kind of the model for the rest of the world at some point, there are a lot of people in the world looking at us. Um, there are. We certainly feel that it's important yeah, you know, that we yeah. set the right example out there before they it is. Uh, get too involved with pesticides and herbicides oh, yeah. and those, those kind of things. And, and America should be a world leader in agriculture. Right. Absolutely. Right. Uh, well, you, you mentioned too, you're, you, you farm. I do. You're, you're walking the walk and talking the talk. Oh, you're so, right, you're uh, right. And it's been a long walk. Yeah. <laughs> a long haul. haul. <laughs> but I will, I'm happy to share a little bit about my own experience. And I think the first thing that I want to share with the audience and you is that, you know, I am very fortunate to be able to work for this organization, mm -hmm. American Farmland Trust, because of the experiences that I've had on my farm and just a little bit about the farm. Uh, my husband and I were first-generation farmers. We went into huge debt right out of college. If there are any Hokies out there, it's Virginia Tech all the way. <laughs> Got to get that plug in. The land grant of Virginia. So. Um, Right after college, we knew we were going to get married first, and we knew we wanted a farm. I was from a home beef farm. My husband was from a home dairy farm, and he studied agriculture and dairy science and animal science in, at Virginia Tech. So we began looking for a farm. We were able to find a farm from a retiring in, uh, farmer and family. And uh, this gentleman was probably about 70 years old at the time. Um, and. Uh, our extension agent made the connection for us hmm. in there uh, in Montgomery County in Virginia. And so we made the connection. We actually looked at a few farms, and this farm was the only one that happened to have a house on it. So I was ecstatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So anyway, we were able to, well, first of all, it was a long process. Right out of college, we the only assets we had. Uh, was an old beat up pickup truck and a, a 1979 uh, a Dodge car. <laughs> so that was our asset extent and we were so naive we had no idea that you had to have assets to be able to go into business even if we had a business plan. So we went to every uh, source to find uh, lending uh, money and was not and we were not successful so we came back to the farm and this was several months in process as you might imagine mr. Keith the farmer the retiring farmer told us he said I see your passion I don't feel that I can sell to anyone else the only other option you're the only people that have come to me to say you're interested in continuing the dairy which is my legacy right which is Mr. Keith's legacy, and he said, I will finance it for you. Wow. So that was that's, manna from heaven for us. Yeah. So this is a cute story if we've got a time. If, do we have yeah, time? Sure, okay, sure. so dairy farming, mm -hmm. it's not an easy life. Mm -hmm. All you dairymen out there, dairy women out there know that. So this was our sign that it was going to be a challenge. So the, we bought the entire property, all the cattle, all the equipment, all the facilities, the milking uh, supplies, everything to, to old oil used for creosote in barrels in one of the, the uh, back barns. We got all the straw, the silage in the, in the silos, the hay, everything. Um, so Mr. Keith milked his last time on December 30 of 1979. On January 1 of 1980, we had already been in the house, and my husband was to go down and milk the herd. 
on January 1st. Okay, so we're situated in the house. Christmas had just passed and we were, uh, you know, in great spirits because we had a whole new life ahead of us. Uh, and we were just so positive and, and uh, energetic and thankful. So about 2 a.m. in the middle of the night, the doorbell rang. <laughs> and you know, everyone knows that's never a good never sign. A good oh sign. my gosh. So both Henry and I jump up because we think the worst, there's something horrible happening. So we go to the door, open, fling it open, and there standing is a Montgomery County Sheriff's Department deputy. And so he looks at us, you know, we, we thrown, I think Henry put on his clothes and I had on a robe and he said, he pointed behind him and he said, your milking herd is walking down route eight. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Keith, I guess, was so excited that that was his last milking that he didn't shut the gate. He oh, forgot wow. to shut the gate, There's which the gate was left open. Wow. So I don't know if he meant to do that or not. <laughs> But that was our first sign that this ain't going to be no piece wow. of cake. Wow. And you got them all back to your, to your So, both Henry, my husband, and I, and the deputy, went down the road and, and herded in the, the uh, milking herd. And so my husband started about an hour early milking on his first day as wow. a dairy farmer. Wow. So anyway, let me continue. Sure. So uh, the dairy industry, I said earlier, has was is a struggle. Mm -hmm. It's a struggle for, I think, for most today as you're looking at milk prices mm -hmm. uh, across the nation. They fluctuate so much. And right now in Virginia, they're probably at an, at an all-time decade low. Uh, but... So we had to experiment with many things just to help us with cash flow mm -hmm. as far as selling sweet corn on the side of the road. Uh, I started a U-Pick strawberry patch. We experimented with blueberries, with blackberries, thornless blackberries, even with Christmas trees. Huh. Then our great extension agent came to us and said, hey, Henry, you ought to try pumpkins. Mm -hmm. So we did. We began growing a couple acres of pumpkins and selling them wholesale off the farm to country markets, farm stands, and things like that locally. And then uh, we had the idea that, uh, and this again was back in the mid 80s, uh, before agritourism I think was actually a word. Right. <laughs> it wasn't even a coined word at that time. So we decided, well heck, you know, it's too hard to pick these pumpkins. We're going to get the customers to pick them. We're going to have a pumpkin festival. So we did. Uh, we started out very, very small. We had uh, hay rides to the corn to, to the pumpkin patch. We had uh, um, animals in our animal barn to view. Uh, we brought in um, some some crafters. We had a corn maze a little bit later on, and we just expanded this operation as the years went by. And so, uh, back uh, at, at any rate, then we began looking at other ways that uh, we could assist with really uh, teaching agriculture and uh, the importance and the significance of farming and what farmers have to go through uh, to each year, every year. Mm -hmm. So we began school field trips. And uh, so anyway, we did this for many years, and unfortunately, about 10 years ago, my husband passed away in, a, in an accident. Mm -hmm. Not a farm accident, uh, but on the road, on the highway. And um, so then I had a, my own career. I had an off-the-farm job the whole time, which tremendously helped us 
uh, as well because I um, provided all of the family living expenses so that Henry's income could go back in the investment in the farm. And uh, so, I, I, you know, I, I'm not a commercial dairy person. Right. Uh, and uh, so I thought the best thing to do was disperse the herd and expand on agritourism. Again, this is 10 years ago, mm -hmm. uh, really before it took uh, halt in our state in Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, so today uh, we have a pumpkin festival for five weekends in October and perhaps one weekend in September, depending on how the calendar uh, mm -hmm. falls. Uh, this past year we estimated we had about 30,000 people attend total those five weekends. Wow. Uh, we had 92 school systems come wow. for educational experiences and I'm not a playground. We yeah. do educational experiences that follow the SOLs in, in the school systems in the state of Virginia. And then about four years ago because of interest, uh, people were calling me to say, hey, we'd like to get married on the farm. I uh, opened the farm officially to holding weddings. And so I added bathrooms, renovated a barn, uh, and did a few things to make the farm a little bit more attractive for weddings. You never knew your, your, your milking cows would be so romantic, I guess. No, <laughs> I didn't. And you know, I never knew I could make some, so much more money in a corn maze than I could in feeding the corn to those cows. <laughs> That, uh, uh, when you marketed that, was it word of mouth or did you, did you mm. have to put some effort behind no, it? No, we always put effort behind it because yeah. it's very, you know, uh, it's very competitive mm -hmm. today. I mean, pumpkin festivals are cropping up everywhere, wedding venues. It seems like every time I ride down a road, I see a farm or a house that says we do weddings now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's like fine do it you don't realize how much work that is <laughs> yeah. because it's huge work too and there's risk as well sure. when you have the public on your land sure and uh, at any rate uh, it, no uh, it word of mouth is always best but I do spend money on advertising and I am not located in southwest Virginia near a huge city Roanoke is about 30 minutes away uh, I cater to the Blacksburg, Christiansburg, Radford, Montgomery County area. Uh, although this year we have had people travel from North Carolina, from Tennessee, from Northern Virginia, from West Virginia to come to the Pumpkin Festival. We had weddings from states way away because these students, these these uh, individuals, the bridal party graduated from Virginia Tech or Radford University, which is very close to, and they wanted to come back. Okay. Uh, for their wedding and um, again school field trips buses drive as much as an hour and a half to come to wow. our school field trips from West Virginia uh, even from other states wow. well congratulations so it you know it's it's still it's still a heck of a lot of work uh, of course as you might imagine uh, dealing with the public is almost as bad as dealing with dairy cows sure, <laughs> sure. No, no, I'm sorry I, I don't want to insult anybody but uh, I think everybody can relate to that <laughs> so but you know we're just going to continue on and I'm still in debt uh, and we'll, we'll be but um, you know that's just our way that's the farmer's way of life I think you're staying alive yeah, I'm staying alive yeah, yeah that's, that's right that's, uh, well, there's a song like that staying alive yeah, yeah, right. I don't think it was written for that purpose but yeah I think it could apply to, oh, no. to farmers yeah. that's right uh, to get back to the American Farmland yes. Trust a little bit you um, 
you guys are based in DC. And we I assume are. there's a strategy behind that. That yeah. you know, how how much do you guys get involved with policymakers? A lot. Yeah. In fact, right now, uh, our CEO and vice president of programs and policy people are working uh, hand in glove with many other conservation um, organizations and associations to take a look at what's happening with the future of the farm bill. Sure. And we are right now. Uh, you know, we've all been working on this for many months and maybe a year in many cases uh, with many other organizations as partners. But we are wanting to make sure that uh, in the Farm Bill, which covers so many things, you know, uh, covers so many things, not just for farming and farmland, that conservation and agriculture is recognized as important and not to take money away. From, from the efforts and, and the success that has been built so far in America. And right now, you know, with every farm bill, you have political um, um, conversations, both sides, uh, and, you know, it, it's tough to bring everyone together, and you really have to be loud and clear. You have to be loud. You have to uh, express what you believe is the right is the right thing to do. At American Farmland Trust, we have over forty thousand members in this national association. We call on our members to help us at the local level with their uh, legislative people to have a voice that ta takes it to the federal level that too. Makes sense. And I know you guys walk a very central line and aren't, aren't partisan, um, right? But for, for everybody out there, what kind of policies should they, do you see coming down the line that you think all farmers can get behind that would that, would, that they should be supporting? Well, I think there are many different uh, issues. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, water, yeah. climate change, mm -hmm. um, conservation, best conservation practices, best conservation uh, applications. Uh, you know, it's, it's programs that help support different industries. Two, uh, there's hopefully support for women in next generation, a place for that in the Farm Bill too, because this, these two items, women in agriculture, mm -hmm. women for the land, mm -hmm. and the next generation need to be attended to for the future of farming. That's, that's uh, you mentioned climate change. I know that's always a sensitive, has been historically a sensitive topic. Um, and, and agriculture's been immune to being a part of the conversation a lot, that, that the picture that gets put out there is the, is the smokestacks on top of the big factories and the factory towns. But um, are you finding that, that uh, the policymakers are willing to have that conversation about agriculture's role and just the world climate as a whole? I do. In fact, many fingers point to agriculture as being a problem. Right. right. Uh, with, um, uh, with, with methane, with, uh, you know, many, many things, many types of agriculture. And so we are showing uh, in our research studies that agriculture is less uh, as far as a um, detriment to climate conditions and weather conditions as in developing the land uh, to some developments and uh, other industry as well. So, and the, the big thing is, you know, once you pave over, mm -hmm. An acre of land, it's gone forever. Right. You will, you you've lost the nutrients. You've lost the what what it takes to make prime soil sure. with that asphalt or that concrete on top of it. Sure. And that's what so many people don't I don't think get. 
Yeah, I think people in, in Austin, at least, uh, are starting to understand that. We've seen so much development here in mm -hmm. the past few mm -hmm. years that mm -hmm. it's been, uh, you know, even where I live, the lot next to me was a nice big open field, and mm -hmm. now it's a condo complex. And mm -hmm. I can tell you that your quality of life goes down a little bit when that stuff goes away. And so I've, I've noticed the discussion has been, even in an urban area that's not agriculturally based, is starting to talk about the value of, of open space and using that space for different purposes than just... Mm -hmm you know, cramming in as many people as you can into an urban environment. Uh, uh, anyway, I don't know where I was going with that necessarily, but um, uh, can you talk, uh, I guess, for everybody listening out there, and we're going to start wrapping up here a little bit, but um, some people might be interested in how do, how do they get involved, how do they get on your sure. list, and how do sure. they, they learn more about what you guys are, are, are doing, and how right. do they participate as well? Well, I guess the first thing I should say is Google. Uh, yeah. American <laughs> Farmland Trust. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's absolutely true. I think that uh, we, American Farmland Trust, actually does some of the most important work in the nation, and we are re recognize the least. Right. And uh, it's like we're a diamond in the rough. And uh, I don't know if any of you out there uh, in the audience and you, Ryan, have seen our bumper sticker, No Farms, No Food. I've, 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 I saw it on your website. Yes, I have to, I have yes, okay. Say, All right, so we need to it. cover the state of Texas right. uh, and really the nation with these bumper stickers. Right. Uh, but go to American Farmland Trust. Dot com and um, you look look at us we have a, uh, a website that shares with you the the problem with everyone the problems that we're facing and uh, you can request a bumper sticker on there become a member it's only $25 this will give you four newsletters uh, that keeps uh, individuals in the industry up to date on uh, the latest and greatest trends that are happening and what we're doing in our success stories as well. Uh, one of the other claims to fame that American Farmland Trust um, highlights is our farmers market celebration. Uh, farmers markets are fantastic as you all know and the fact of the matter is this popular, this has become so popular that it's not only a place to go buy fresh local uh, many times organic food. It's also a family outing and a community event uh, that has become a way of life. Mm -hmm. I was talking with the winner of the American Farmers Market Celebration last year. It came from the state of Florida. The, win the winning market came from Orlando uh, in Florida. And uh, the market manager told me that that the actual um, city of Orlando got behind the celebration because when they are drawing industry companies, uh, organizations uh, in, de in the development option, that these are things that companies want to see. They want to see great community life for their employees and their employees' families. Uh, they, they love the farmer's market connection. Mm -hmm. We are working and partnering with many companies and corporations uh, across America now to help us uh, spread the no farms, no food word at, at uh, farmer's markets. Sure. And this is something that uh, companies are very interested in doing as a motivation technique for their employees. 
uh, and uh, to really uh, 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 it, to really share that they are recognizing uh, they want to be recognized for public good. Sure, sure. That, and social responsibility. That 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 um, makes sense. I guess to to close today um, and to the farmers listening, um, and, and we've had authors on, we've had speakers on, we've had experts on, we've had grazing experts on, but this is actually the first time we've had a, a farmer on as well, um, which, note to self, we need more farmers on this show, <laughs> but uh, can you give them, what words do you have for them? If they're waking up in the morning and they're like, why do I do this? Can you, can you help me answer that oh question? Oh my goodness. You know, <laughs> my husband and I thought that so many times in the course of his career uh, as a dairy farmer. I think that uh, really you just have to think about the good that you're serving, uh, not only your community, but, but way beyond. You know, you ask any farmer what they do, and I think the answer is gonna be, we provide food for the community, for the state, for the nation. And what better aspiration is that? I think that's such, such a motivating uh, uh, answer and response to that. That's a great answer, I appreciate it. Okay. Um, again, we were very lucky to have uh, Susan Sink with the, uh, the Vice President of Development and External Relations, I'll include your title this time, okay. with uh, <laughs> the American Farmland Trust. Again, if you want to learn more about them, you can go to www.farmland.org. You can Google them, as she said as well. And uh, again, thank you, Susan, for being here today. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. That, again, was Susan Sink with the American Farmland Trust. This has been Ryan Slaybaugh. I'm the host of Tractor Time Podcast. Uh, this is Acres USA. Uh, learn more about us at acresusa.com, at ecofarmingdaily.com. You can find all of these podcasts and more. And you can let us know how we're doing. And if you have any ideas for the program, uh, shoot us a note at podcast at acresusa.com. So thanks again for joining us and have a great week ahead.